most of us operate at the mercy of those chemicals. We experience waves of emotion, thoughts, and reactions without realizing that we can strategically influence the balance of certain key chemicals so that we can achieve more stress less, live and work more happily through how we move, how we breathe, how we think, how we interact with each other. And that's what physical intelligence is, the ability to detect and then actively and strategically manage the balance of those certain key chemicals. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert-led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. Hey, Gavin here, Gavin Preston, and welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Today, I'm speaking, uh, spanning the pond, actually, I've been speaking with Claire Dale in the UK and Patricia Payton in the US, and we are speaking about their book, Physical Intelligence. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast, Claire and Patricia. Thank Great you very much. Here, yeah. We're excited. Glad you're here. Thank you so much for agreeing to come onto the show. So, first of all, I'd love to hear from you each about your bit of your background in terms of your career, but then what brought you to collaborate together on a book? So, um, Claire, do you want to kick off? I'd love to. So, uh, as you know, my name's Claire Dale. I'm the founder of Companies in Motion, actually, uh, over 17, 18 years ago now. And prior to that, my first career was as artistic director of my own contemporary dance company touring internationally with pieces made out of my own uh, from my own resources fighting for arts council funding and um and 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 really working very, very hard to realize sort of a lot of purpose and passion in the arts and then i'd really done enough of that i knew at the point where i'd made my last piece and i moved over into the corporate world of course, as a dancer, I w- I've always been fascinated by the physiology, the biology of what enables us to perform well. And while I was working in choreography, I knew that there were, oh, you know, so many things that applied to everyday life and indeed my own leadership um, in of my dance company. So I set about uh, setting up companies in motion. And about it's about eight years ago now, I was fortunate enough to meet Pat um, and two other business partners who came in and and helped really make a curriculum out of the ideas that I had and the research that I'd already done. Uh, Pat and I ended up writing the book together, which was a joy, uh, very hard work. Um, You've written a book, uh, Gavin, you know what it's like. Um, And and here we are two years after the book came out, having won Best Best Business Book Award of 2020 in the personal development category and really out there helping people through a very difficult 
period in all of our lives with the pandemic. Fantastic. Wow. Patricia, please introduce yourself. Yes. So Pat Payton, you can call me Pat. I'll call you Pat. And uh, I have been working in with corporations for more than 30 years in terms of personal improvement at an individual team and organizational level, primarily in sales and leadership, consulting, training, and coaching. That's my background. And I've, I've designed it. I've sold it, designed it, and delivered it for, for many, many years. And then through a former colleague, met Claire at a, at a Bank of New York event and sent her content to me and said, read this, you used to dance. Is Claire onto something? And I immediately recognized techniques that I still used in my day-to-day life just to make sure that I remained confident and strong, projected the right image, et cetera, et cetera. And I hadn't thought about turning them into a curriculum. I might pull them into presentation skills or negotiation skills from time to time, but never thought about a curriculum dedicated only to these techniques. And of course, there were also additional techniques that were new to me that were fascinating, as well as the chemical story. We knew about cortisol, adrenaline, some of the basics, but there was a much deeper chemical story there. And my background, in addition, you know, a lot of that work I had done was around instructional design. So I've been building curriculums for decades. And, and that was something that I could bring to companies in motion. I've been a writer all my life. And in addition to the dance background, I have a background in voice and performance. So it really was a perfect marriage for Claire and I to come together, to write the book, to build the curriculum, and to bring this, the, the story of physical intelligence out to the world. We really do believe that it is the most important human intelligence for the 21st century, acknowledging that artificial intelligence wins the day in terms of the, the intelligence overall. But we can't do that at the expense of our own bodies, our own physical intelligence. And that's, that's a key message for us to bring to people and to arm them with what they need to navigate, even without COVID. You know, it was such a crazy time. Stress has been on the rise for a very long time, just exacerbated by COVID. So we really feel a a commitment, a, a, a compulsion to, to bring the message out to the world, an obligation. That's the word I was looking for. So how would you describe physical intelligence? Well, right now, there are literally hundreds of chemicals racing through each of our bodies in our bloodstream and our nervous system. Those chemicals are hormones and neurotransmitters, and they largely dictate how we think, how we feel, how we speak, how we behave. Most of us operate at the mercy of those chemicals, we experience waves of emotion, thoughts, and reactions without realizing that we can strategically influence the balance of certain key chemicals so that we can achieve more, stress less, live and work more happily through how we move, how we breathe, how we think, how we interact with each other. And that's what physical intelligence is, the ability to detect and then actively and strategically manage the balance of those certain key chemicals to power that performance. Claire, do you want to add to that? Yeah, there are, there are key ways that we do that. Um, and there are four elements that underpin this, uh, this physical intelligence curriculum. And uh, these are strength, flexibility, resilience, and endurance. And of course, we, we all want all of those four things. 
there's a certain chemical cocktail that goes with each of them that it's so helpful to know about. And it starts with strength. So not, we can't have any flexibility or resilience or endurance without strength. That's about our confidence and our, our tolerance of risk. And it, it depends on us being able to manage that. Uh, Pat talked about stress, that all important uh, stress chemical, cortisol, and be able to boost our steroids, our, our, our testosterone, our, another chemical called DHEA, and our dopamine to help us focus, to get a really strong, grounded performance in place that we know has our mental and emotional stability at the, at the, at the base of it. Then you can start to work on flexibility, the agility, the creativity, the dynamic, um, the dynamic response to relationships, both when they go well and when they don't. Um, and, uh, and then resilience is all about that bounciness of our system. You know, if we get knocked, how quickly do we, do we recover? Um, how how are we able to boost the chemicals like oh serotonin is such an important resilience chemical really connected with our mental health um, and our emotional health as well so resilience is all about getting our fitness on all levels up and tuning up the nervous system and then endurance that's all i mean you're you're working Gavin, with business people who really care about that purpose and the drive, the goals and the results of a business. And endurance is all about get going through the tough times without losing purpose, being persistent, um, being um, structured in your approach, but driving that with passion. And that's all about managing the dopamine system um, in a much bigger way than we were talking about in strength. So really getting passionate, really focusing on what needs to be done um, and all of the purpose conversations that happen around leadership. And I'm sure you, you know, you, you will, I'm sure write about that in your book, but it's so important. We use that word so much, but without really understanding what the chemical nature of that drive is. And I think physical intelligence is that framework of chemistry, thoughts and emotions are chemicals. They're impacting every cell in our body all of the time and we are responsible for our inner state and and that's the real power of it and hardly anyone uses their physical intelligence well we kind of know it's there we sort of groom ourselves get ourselves together do some maintenance a bit like a secondhand car but actually what we're living in is ferrari-ness it's high 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 technology it's um it's, you know, indescribable, the complexity and amazingness of our bodies. And we just kind of walk around fairly limply in them and run them around a bit. It's not One right. One of the first things that really helped me get the confidence um, when stood on a stage in front of people was um, through the work I did with um, NLP master trainer um, Michael Breen and Rich, uh, Paul McKenna and Richard Bandler. They got the whole importance about state first, but... Um, yeah, Michael Breen taught us this exercise of like uh, drawing our awareness down to that body center point or Hara or Dantian and how we could feel really grounded with roots and growing from beneath our feet. And um, the amount of people I've shown that book 
certainly my own experience when I was nervous earlier days about standing up in front of a group of audience, that recentering and taking my attention down to the solar plexus or just below the belly button was just took me out of my head, really grounded me, and I felt strong and solid. And that was, you know, one of the most um, literal or physical experiences I had of what I think you're talking about and the yeah. difference that it can make about how you then show up with presence in front of a group of people. Yes, and, pr- and presence is one aspect of physical intelligence. And what you've described so beautifully is, is this centering technique. And uh, before we came online, you were talking about practical things that people can do. So I'm going to drop one in right now. Perfect. Um, we have a, we've developed a supercharged kind of centering technique called your eye. And, um, so in, as you know, we, we take people through the centering of of that, that, you know, that area just below the navel and, and all of that and the grounding, but actually what we, we do is get people to visualize this large capital letter I in their bodies. So the top horizontal goes shoulder to shoulder, the bottom horizontal goes hip to hip, the central line, you imagine the spine hanging off it. So you've got an internal structure and then you visualize what making it out of something, anything that comes into your imagination that makes you feel both strong and flexible, resilient and enduring. And you'll tend to find that people's creative imagination will will come up with materials that link to one or two of the elements most strongly. And apart from being a supercharged centering technique that you can use, whether you're going to a a negotiation or a networking event, if you're an introvert, um, apart from that, it it also uh, gives a sense of, um, you know, the the ability to, to really focus. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert-led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. That's a, yeah. it's such a, such a strong visual reference, literally to hang off that, you know, in terms of help, help to, to bring that um, alive. So what were, let's take each of the four then strength, flexibility, resilience, and endurance. And I particularly want to come on to resilience because I think it's incredibly important right now. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate from the way you've described things that we start with strength. So what practices do you encourage people? And Pat, do you want to lead on this? What practices do you encourage people around the strength step? The first, the first thing to do with strength is really posture and breathing. Those are foundational and they actually set you up for that, that centering the eye. Uh, and a quick point on that eye is you can have a wardrobe of eyes. You can have eyes for different occasions, for different situations in your life. So, uh, but to go back, posture and breathing are really the key. And posture, of course, is uh, imagining that string from the center of your head, your feet rooted, just as you said, those roots growing out of your feet, being really grounded, shoulders down and back, 
imagine them, but not, not rigid, floating off to the sides of the room. And then that's that ballet trick from years ago, or that string coming from the center of your head, suspending you from the ceiling. And it shouldn't lift your chin. It should lengthen the back of your neck. And as I do it, I get a few inches taller just now. And at 5'2", Claire's lovely, tall, elegant. I'm 5'2". So uh, I'm happy to get those extra <laughs> couple of inches. And then breathing. And what we're talking about is really paced breathing. There are all kinds of breathing techniques throughout the book. But the, the place to start, home base on breathing, is paced breathing. And this is breathing in and out in a steady rhythmic pattern. You choose the count that works for you. It can be an even count in and out, like four in and four out, or five in and seven out. If you're feeling panicked, aim for that longer out breath because it, oxygen, uh, carbon dioxide is heavier than oxygen and it settles in the bottom of our lungs. And we need that longer out breath to get the carbon dioxide out. If we have too much carbon dioxide, it increases our cortisol, that's stress hormone. So to bring our, our cortisol into balance, we need some, it gets us up and out of bed in the morning, right? We need some cortisol, but to make sure we don't have too much, a longer out breath. And then to do that paced breathing for at least 10 minutes a day, there's a study out of South Africa by Dr. Justin Kennedy, and he worked with a group of bankers and they actually practiced paced breathing for three, for 40 minutes a day, for three weeks, along with coaching sessions. And at the end, they had measured cognitive function before and after and found that their cognitive function had increased by 62%. 62%? To me, that's wow. staggering. Isn't that, I mean, that just, that blew my mind, that particular study. I thought you were going to say and something it, like 20%, but 62 is phenomenal. 62, 40 minutes a day. You know, people say, oh, how do I do pace breathing for 40 minutes a day? I can hardly, you know, find time to brush my teeth. With, especially with homeschooling and all of the changes around us. You don't have to do it all at once. You can do, I, I begin and end each day with paced breathing. And then if you're waiting for a Zoom call to start, you only have five minutes, get the paced breathing in, you're making a pot of coffee or a cup of tea, add a little paced breathing to that, habit stack it into your day, you'll hit that 40. It also reduced their stress levels by 42%. So that paced breathing is really the starting point for so much of what we talk with people about. So just again, for anybody listening, if they missed that the first time, how would you describe uh, you know, describe what people would do in order to do the pace breathing? breathing? Pace breathing. So you're breathing in and out in a rhythmic, smooth pattern, in through the nose and out through the nose. You can also go out through the mouth if you're more comfortable. And you get to choose the pace that is most comfortable for you. Find the pace, just sit quietly with your eyes closed, find the pace in and out that works for you, and then just continue to do that. In fact, if anyone's listening, start now while you're listening. You can multitask, you can breathe in a paced way and listen to the rest of this conversation. And you will be doing yourself an enormous service, will help you in multiple ways. And so by putting your attention on the breath like that, inevitably you're slowing it down, you're taking longer inhales and longer exhales. Yes, and you're, you mean you're literally changing your chemistry from one that is, you know, a whole load of what are called catabolic chemicals that create a chaotic mind, a state of mind, state of body into what's called a coherent state. It's literally a physiological state where 
where the body is attuning to that rhythm of the breath. And, you know, I know we want to talk about resilience, but it's the foundation for resilience as well as, as strength that you, you find that tuning of the nervous system. It's called vagal tone because it's the vagus nerve that is the principal nerve responsible for managing our, our state, our inner state. This is fascinating. Flexibility then. What do we do to build on that flexibility? All right. So my turn, I think. Um, we take it in turn. So this is, uh, we call it upping the odds for success. And the chemical cocktail uh, spells out O-D-D-S, the odds. And this is oxytocin, right? Many people will have heard of it, of it you know, it's a happiness chemical, it's a feel-good chemical, and it's connected with social bonding and trust. Off the Richter scale, when we fall in love or when we have a child, um, but at normal levels, we all need it. Men, women, dogs, everybody. Um, oxytocin makes us want to reach out and make quality connections, and it's part of our resilience as well as our flexibility. O-D-D-S dopamine, as well as our focus and our, our sort of driving purpose, our vision for the future, dopamine is also really responsible for our creativity. So without dopamine, you can't have sort of neural networks firing through all different parts of the brain to connect what you already know, your memory, your, your vision of the future, your intuition, your instincts. Dopamine is the great connector. Um, and and, and it puts you in a creative mindset. It's also connected with the visual cortex of the brain very strongly. DHEA is the second D. And this is such a super important chemical, counteracting the effects of cortisol. And funnily enough, people have rarely heard of it. It's got a silly long name called dehydroepiandrosterone. But it is actually a fundamental performance enhancing steroid. The synthetic version, which we absolutely say do, ne do not take it, but it, it is actually a banned substance for Olympic athletes. It has such an impact on, on stamina and performance, but actually um, it creates, uh, you know, we, we make it every day using physical intelligence techniques and it creates this vitality. It's like having nitrate. What is that? What are those? tanks that aqua that aqua divers have you know that, that scuba divers had it's like the extra souped up oxygen but with more nitrogen i can't remember it's probably nitrous something but it's you've got your super tanks of dhea and if you keep building those up and breathing tech is one technique is one thing that gets you it so odds really important serotonin so this is this serotonin is responsible for so many things, but it's also plays a big part in the, the connective tissue, the suppleness of the connective tissue between muscle and bone. So if you dance in the kitchen like no one's watching or if you take a simple twist of the spine and stretch out the um, the layers of abdominal muscle and the gut tissue, those two things, because it's movement and it's stretching the gut where 95% of our serotonin is made, those two things will release serotonin. So it's all about movement, all about flexibility. And if, you flex, if you're not flexible in your body, then you can't expect to have the mental flexibility. 
that you want to need to be creative with your business to problem solve and so on. And that's just kind of a fact. So that's why we need to move, you know. You're on, you're on mute, Gavin. Uh, I didn't know that, that if you're not flexible in your body, then you're, it, it has a, an impairment effect on your creativity. Yes, because our bodies and our brains are inextricably linked in ways that go beyond what people might be aware of. And that is absolutely true. Rigid body, rigid mind, rigid emotional state. So if, and, and look at where we're all working. We're all sitting in front of this box for yeah, 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 coming up yeah. on a year, yeah. you know? So if you are in this environment working, when you can get up and move, walk, do a walking, you know, connect on your phone and walk through the house or carry your computer through the house if you can. When, when I'm being most creative with my clients helping working out strategy, I'll stand up and go to the whiteboard or I'll go to the flip chart. And I would think best when I was walking around. And quite often when I'm on the phone, obviously not sat in front of Zoom, but I, I, I put my AirPods, AirPods in or whatever and I'll, I'll walk around. So, yeah, it, it's I hadn't necessarily, I know I've said I think best when I'm stood at a flip chart or think best when I'm walking around, but hadn't realized actually I was asked on Zoom. It's just fascinating. I was asked on Zoom to come up with an idea the other week with the guy I was talking to and it was almost my brain went blank and I felt the urge to stand up. I was stuck in front of the camera. Isn't it interesting that our bodies know what to do? We just have to, this gives you the information to go with that instinct. There's there's a study fairly well known now out of Stanford that tells us that we're 45% more likely to have an innovative idea while walking rather than seated. And that can be just on a treadmill. Doesn't have to be outside, but all better, all the better if you can take in some beautiful scenery and release even more of that dopamine. But it's got to do with environment. They 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 tested this on people that were out in enrolling in wheelchairs and, and it wasn't as effective. So it wasn't to do with environment, it was to do with the act of walking. And and the corpus callosum, the two sides of the brain can really link and fire off each other. It's amazing, isn't it? And so you've been very physically intelligent there, Gavin, by you know, by wanting to get up and walk and noticing that your, you know, your your thinking is is higher grade when you're moving. When I'm moving around. That's yeah. right. Phenomenal. Uh, resilience. Um, so I think most people thought they'd have to get through 2020 and they had their mental horizon set. They've calibrated their tank on resilience to get them through to the end of the year. And then we start this new year and find, gosh, is it another two months? Is it another 12 months? And that I've noticed the it's had a negative impact on the resilience reserves in my observations when people thought that it were not kind of resuming back to normal early 2021, but actually we could be stuck in front of this square and staring down the barrel of a little lens for a lot longer. So what are the things that within the context of the restrictions that we have, what are the things that we can do around to improve our resilience? There's so much that we can do. And and the best time to build resilience is before you need it but it's never too late. I actually think of my body as a tank that, and I measure my resilience based on where I feel it in my body. And at the start of COVID, I, I, because I'm always working on these techniques that we'll talk about in a minute, my tank was overflowing. It was coming out my ears. You know, I had plenty of resilience. I reached a point where it was probably down around my ankles. 
because this has been a very busy year, busier than usual. And you know, you add in the personal challenges and it starts to drain. So even those among us who are very aware are struggling. I have worked diligently to refill that tank and I think it's about here right now. <laughs> I wanted to get back up here. So there are some very simple things that you can do. Meditation, massage, good nutrition, good hydration, sunshine. We have to really take care of our adrenal system. So there's a simple acronym. I'll, 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 give, I'll give your listeners a simple acronym. And then there's another technique if we have time we can talk about. But we talk about REST, R-E-S-T. R is retreat. And retreat, think about the, uh, the tennis player who's sitting on the sidelines with the towel over their head. They are blocking out everything, their opponent, their fans, the coach. They are just retreating from all noise. And there is a lot of noise around us social media, other media, you have to just take time. Every day, if you can, it's not easy, especially if you have small children, but at least a few times a week, make time. It doesn't have to be an hour. It can be 10 minutes. Just retreat. Eat, that's back to that good nutrition, good hydration, you know, lean protein, fruits and vegetables, whole grains, that kind of thing. Nothing, nothing surprising. We're not going to tell you that you can have bacon every day. And, uh, and then for S, that's sleep. Study after study, seven to nine hours a night. I know that there are people, again, with children rolling their eyes saying it's impossible. And we say at least to know what you're striving for and try to inch up the hours. So whether you can go to bed a little bit earlier you get the children down, and then you do need some time for yourself. If you give yourself a little bit less time for yourself awake and a little bit more time for yourself asleep, you're doing yourself a huge service. And the quality and the quantity of sleep. So make sure your sleep environment is conducive to getting good rest, good quality rest. Take naps. We're big fans of naps, Claire and I. As we say, we never would have gotten the book written without naps. And, uh, and then that final T is treat. And there we're talking about restorative treats, not the crisps and the biscuits. You know, it's really thinking about, is it, is it a run or a bike ride? It could be playing with the children. It could be reading a book, taking a hot bath. It could be a hike. Whatever restores you, that's the kind of a treat. So instead of reaching for that unhealthy treat, you know, a glass of wine or maybe three glasses of wine, one glass of wine, okay, every once in a while. Think about why am I doing this? I want to relax. What else would relax me? Maybe a long hot bath would be relaxing. So you get the same result with, in a healthy way. So that's, that's treat. So R-E-S-T, we suggest that you actually write it in blocks in your calendar. I put in more blocks than I need because I know they're going to get nibbled away and then I'll still be left with enough so that I have, I have those reserves because yes, we're, we're in an endurance tunnel. I know we're not talking about endurance yet, but COVID has been what we call an endurance tunnel. That's a long game that just got longer. And we're gonna need that resilience to bounce back from that disappointment of, you're kidding me, it's not over yet. And all of these techniques will help you do that. 
I um, the forecast for where we live um, was really good today. The sun was out. We've seemed to have gone from week after week of heavy rain, and then we had snow. And um, so my wife convinced me to take a couple of hours out at lunchtime and I wouldn't normally do that. And the boys are at home. They need some exercise. The weather had not been great over the weekend. So we went out in the outdoors in the snow with a beautiful sunshine and literally for an hour and a half. And the rest restorative powers of that for all of us you know come back in and out in the cold uh, throwing snowballs you know having a laugh and fun and um wow what you know just think, and, and I had to I had to work at myself to give myself permission on a school day to go out and have a couple of hours out of my day instead of just you know grabbing a quick lunch and then straight back into work back to back to back so yeah, yeah. I, we often need to remind ourselves of the importance of that rest, don't we? Yeah, that's something I've done this year. Sorry, Claire. Uh, is I used to just grab a quick lunch or not eat lunch. And even though it's the busiest I've ever been in more than 30 years, this year I committed to a lunch break, a wow. decent lunch break, where I might read a chapter of a book. And because I knew I was going to be going until longer than was ideal mm. and it gave me enough of a lift to power me through the afternoon and I wanted to to add I mean I think just sort of thinking about about listeners who who in the back of their mind this idea of burnout sort of sometimes pops up because it's a very important word and connected to our resilience and of course as at, at the extreme level it's a it's a life-threatening condition where the adrenals fail completely I think it's very important what Pat's saying about treats you know if your resilience is lowered then it's hard to feel that anything is a treat because you are literally sort of operating in a fatigued shell and it's it's actually it's a very painful experience to go through I mean I went went through one years ago at a certain point in with my dance company when we just you know anyway there's a certain situation but I've definitely experienced that feeling of being so low that nothing could felt felt that it could make make me feel better and I think it's um very important then to take really small steps and one like a sip of water if you're skillful can feel really good and you and it starts to turn the the drain into gain you know the energy drain into energy gain and there's a whole chapter in the book about that. And and to know that you're worth it. You know, you said you had to give yourself permission, Gavin. Yeah, yeah. And I, there was a point in my life, Claire knows, where I was traveling the world nonstop. I would be home for a week, gone for two, gone for three, home for two. It was ridiculous. And in the beginning, I thought I had to be working every minute on the plane, et cetera, et cetera. And I finally said, no, this isn't working. And I gave myself permission. So everyone out there listening, give yourself permission to build your resilience. If you don't, you will end up in burnout, as Claire is describing. We must give ourselves permission. You're worth it. It's like that old commercial here. I'm worth I, it. I, I, I've, I've said it. a number of times on this podcast that um, I think we've got an epidemic of, of, of burnout now. And um, many people haven't taken their leave, their, their, their holiday or vacation entitlement. And probably thinking well all I can do is stay at home so why would I and actually their tank is all all, all the uh, emptier as a result so the final um step strength flexibility resilience and now to endurance 
Yes. So we, we need that DHEA in the tanks for endurance um, because we, we won't have the stamina unless we, we have uh, that DHEA in the tanks. And then the big chemical, I think I mentioned it already, is dopamine. And dopamine is very connected with the visual cortex of the brain. And so the, the, the ability to get through an endurance tunnel without the tunnel walls really sort of caving in and you're just having a horrible time, to have an all right time in an endurance tunnel when things are tough is a skill. And it, and it requires your strength, your flexibility, your resilience to be behind you. It's like, this is like a de developmental journey, really. You know, it's not either or, it's that you strength and flexibility and resilience lead to a planned endurance, a planned capacity for endurance. And endurance itself is being able to structure time well in relation to some really quite challenging goals that you might have set for yourself, knowing what they are, being able to picture them, you know, doing that, that real work. Um, and we find, you know, when we go and work with, with groups, uh, teams, um, companies, leaders, that that aspect is skimmed over. We're very good at saying vaguely, we want to achieve this kind of thing, but the more specific and visual those goals are and the imagination of being in that future that you're imagining. And, and this may link to some of the NLP things, although Pat and I have not done NLP. We've just kind of landed in a few areas that might, might be similar by, by chance. But that the, the power of a visualized future pulls you towards it. And it's dopamine. It's an it's a, it's a anticipation of a reward that, that enables you to put the effort into the difficult steps. So you see an apple in the distance, you're hungry. It's dopamine, quick boost of it that will keep you making the steps. And then you're, then you're tired and you don't wanna go on, but it's dopamine that you see the apple, you want it, so then you carry on. Then you get there, you realize the apple's too high on the tree and it's dopamine that gives you the creativity to think, oh, I better build something that will enable me to get to that. And all the time you're getting these dopamine boosts and then you pick the apple, bite into it and it tastes brilliant. And suddenly that driving purpose for apples becomes a driving purpose to go and look for more apples elsewhere and in plentiful supply. And if you've got enough oxytocin in your system, you'll want to share those apples. And the link there is so the world goes round and the importance <laughs> there i guess is that you know the brilliant analogy there with the apple is that you have to have that clarity of the goal the picture vivid mental picture in your mind of what it is that you've been drawn towards yeah. or you want to be drawn towards yeah and if and that's, then, that's big and significant then and and then it will keep you making the choices of doing the things that get you there what a lot of people do and I'm guilty of this myself in the past until I realized what was happening was getting my to-do list and getting tiny little bits of dopamine when you tick it off, you know, getting to the end. And then you think, great, I've got a moment of completion. That's a dopamine reward. But as soon as you know it, it's filled up again with other stuff. And it wasn't the stuff that you really wanted to do in the first place. It's not the stuff that's going to be game changing. So I, I just love that the chemical story helps you understand how to keep going and how to realize these, these projects and these things that you dearly want to happen because you understand how to manage your own dopamine system. And also to set 
those milestones on the path to achieving the goal that are manageable, that are achievable. So you set yourself up for success. Just a, if I give you a quick example from real life, if you want to start working out and you say, I'm going to do 50 push-ups a day and you've never done one, you're not going to succeed. Say, I'm going to do three. And then, you know, maybe you'll do five and feel even better. So apply that to whatever goal you have, but set that achievable milestone so that you do get the dopamine reward and then you want to do more. That's, that's another mistake people make is they have the goal. Maybe they don't have the milestones or the milestones are such a stretch that they're like their own little mini endurance tunnels within the big one. So you want those milestones to be manageable. Um, the other, there's a big topic that endurance plays into, which is longevity, of course. And, and there's masses being written at the moment about biogenesis and the mitochondria and the cells and how we can, how we can do the kind of maintenance that keeps our bodies and our energy levels going for, for a far greater life expectancy than, than we're used to. And um, I'm, I'm 57 now and, and actually feel about 37. And I'm glad I feel that way because I've, I've still got so much to do. What if, you know, what if my body ran out of fuel at this stage? I'd be really disappointed. So, you know, there's a lot you can do. Um, cold shower, you know, last 30 seconds of your shower going to cold is a classic sick thing that's been been and people know well now but that fires up the mitochondria and some and is something that keeps keeps you maintaining your system and there's so much more there um, in terms of aging and how we're aging which is fascinating and all in our in, in the endurance category um so just uh, as we kind of like uh, draw to the end of the conversation i'd like some other uh, sort of tips you can give the people listening to the podcast so we've talked about the breathing the uh, paced breathing uh, a cold shower there for example the importance of movement and flexibility for creativity what other sort of tips could you give to help on any any of those four areas of strength flexibility resilience and endurance well i'll just highlight what we talked about that rest you know that's another oh, big gosh. tip for resilience is to is to remember that acronym and what it stands for and then put it into your calendar yeah so, uh, and the movement for flexibility, in addition to the walking, making sure you're twisting at the waist, especially if you're spending a lot of time in front of the screen, even if you just get up a couple of times a day and twist at the waist, Claire did mention it for releasing serotonin, but that's another very important one because that's it's just this, this environment that we're in, a lot of us are getting rigid in the middle. And we need to not just move to get the creative going, creativity going, but we need to keep the, that, uh, the suppleness of the tissue between muscle and bone. And, and just to add, um, I think really the, the big picture and the inspiring part of resilience is to learn to, to, be, um, to be highly aware of the power of the way that you're thinking on your emotions, with your emotions, on every cell of your body. Um, and, you know, every time that you tell yourself, oh, you didn't do that very well, or you never do that very well, or you're not that kind of person, don't have that kind of ambition, you'll never, you know, any of that early, can often be early programming, get on that like a, you know, like get, in, get on it fiendishly and just say, hold on a minute, 
you know, what are you, what are you, what are you saying to me? And do I believe it? Actually, no, I'm going to question that. And there's a, there's a, it's actually one of the more difficult techniques in the book and it's called bounce positive because we all know that the mind is a skittish thing and we'll want, we'll, we'll play, play games with us and, and we need to call it and, and really take charge of the type of thoughts, the type of emotions um, and the impact on the body and feel and notice when we're starting to drain um, our resilience away. Um, yeah. I think, and, letting, I think letting go is another one. Letting that's go, that's right. Right now. So, you know, we've all been, even before COVID, we've had some disappointment that we carried with us. And there's a technique in the book, a longer technique on letting go that we can take you through if, if time permits. But there's a shakeout at the end of that that you can use almost daily if you need to to reset and reboot the chemicals. It's like rebooting a computer, but for your body. And that is a very vigorous shaking out, of bending at the waist, trying to get your head below your knees. If you can, if you can't, that's okay. Physical intelligence is, there's something for everyone, as long as you can breathe on your own. And even if you can't breathe on your own, if you can visualize, so it really is for everyone. Uh, but to get your head below your knees and then vigorously, I'm not gonna be able to show you while I'm looking at the screen, shake your body and verbalize on an ah sound and really let yourself go, shaking your arms, your shoulders, keep your knees bent, and then very slowly roll up. And you will have reset the chemicals in your body. A lot of them get, get stuck, they get stale and stuck at the base of our spine, the precursors for a lot of these feel-good chemicals, the oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine. We need to get those precursors moving again freely through the spine and that shakeout is very helpful and it's also a key step in that whole letting go process that is explained in more detail in the book. It's fascinating, you blow my mind with this and really got me uh, thinking. Um, so I'm sure anybody listening to this would equally have been captivated. So people want to get the copy of the book. The book is called? Physical Intelligence. I've got a copy here, it's called Physical Intelligence. And uh, it actually all, all the, the major UK and US um, book distributors have have it. Um, you can, you know, we'd love to, we love being in dialogue because we love this stuff. And so more than happy for any of your readers to reach out to Pat or, or myself or both of us on LinkedIn and just ask a question or start a conversation. And very often those conversations end up in things that will post about or or blog about because it's helpful to others so you know the more our stories can be told um the more um the more resources they are there are for everybody else so yeah we're very open to dialogue Thank and there's you. also you know there's always new neuroscientific research and we're developing more techniques there are techniques that aren't in the book there are 80 techniques in the book there are over 100 in our curriculum and to make sure that you have the latest information, they can go to our website, which is companiesinmotion.com and click on join our community at the top of the page. And every Monday we send out a reminder or a new technique or the latest research. For example, there's a hope molecule that we that we recently posted about. So all sorts of, uh, of new information that enhances our physical intelligence. And we'd love for people 
to know more, to just keep up with all of the latest thinking. Claire, Pat, thank you so much. This has been a fascinating conversation and um, the science and the the reference to the chemical, the things that we're doing that are affecting the chemical balance or imbalance within our bodies that affects our performance inextricably is, is just a fascinating topic. So thank you so much for your time today to coming on to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thanks, thank you, Gavin. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.